Vivek, first of all, I must really thank you uh, for taking out time for us. It's such a pleasure that you know you took out time from your busy schedule. I know entrepreneurs are really, really busy people, unlike people working in uh, larger enterprises and corporates. You might uh, be juggling so many things day in and out. Well, okay, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I should be thanking you because. Uh, uh, it's a very rare opportunity to be speaking to children of this age. Uh, this is the first time and I'm actually very happy speaking to uh, small children. Uh, so I should be thanking you for the opportunity. Yeah. So to just to get started, uh, I have been reading about uh, your organization and you on LinkedIn quite often, but never got into too much details, of course. Uh, but seen seen stuff in the feed coming, and you know I've been liking also once in a while. Uh, so to get into details is a golden opportunity for all of us to understand what what made you take up this entrepreneurial journey. Was it an accidental entrepreneurship, or was it a planned entrepreneurship? And when did it all start? Uh, if you could maybe take us through your entire journey, it would be great. Uh, okay, very interesting question. Uh, so I, I would say it was hybrid. I mean, um, this particular company, Reverie Language Technologies, um, was founded by me and my elder brother. Uh, so we co-founded. We, uh, you know, he's just a year older to me. So when uh, we were in school, we were very good, you know, best of friends. And we always used to uh, discuss what we want to do when we grow up. And uh, the one thing that always uh, was within our minds uh, is that we should do something together. So uh, uh, it just so happened that, you know, I was uh, into entrepreneurship for quite some time, but I had just, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I had moved uh, to Bangalore. My elder brother was here. Uh, he was working for Intel. And when I moved to Bangalore for a new job uh, and I got into it, that's when uh, we uh, resumed our uh, discussions uh, about you know uh, doing something together and uh, our discussions led to a point where we both quit our jobs and started reverie wow i think that that takes a lot of courage uh, many people don't have that they have a lot of ideas but the courage to quit and set up on on one's own um <laughs> Yes. I which, think, year was uh, this? which year was this? Uh, this was in the year 2007. Okay. Um, yeah. So you floated the venture first or you quit and then floated the venture? How was it? <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, I would say that in, in some ways, Revery has been very unique, um, especially the, the start of Revery. Mm -hmm. We both quit our jobs and then started Revery. Okay. Uh, uh, and and uh, you know that is uh, unusual also because usually people do not get into entrepreneurship at a stage in life when where we were we were both married mm -hmm. we didn't have an entrepreneurial background we were first generation entrepreneurs um, our 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 father was just a professor so obviously he didn't have a lot of uh, support to back us up in case things didn't go uh, north. So, um, and, and uh, you know, uh, we, we also, you know, had children so, so to, to, to take care of. So, obviously, it was uh, very high risk for us, but we still did. Yeah, I mean, I think you really painted out the right picture. This is what uh, 
precludes a lot of people from starting up despite having all the intelligence and uh, you know ideas you know there are things that pull them back so did did the fear of failure at any point uh, scare you or uh, any of those thoughts came to your mind and <laughs> uh, not once but many many times uh, the fear of failure uh, did scare us a lot but you know uh, the fear of not living our dream was way more scary because uh, you know the point where i and my brother we decided to do uh, uh, revery was actually you know uh, it was one of one of those afternoons when we were talking and i told him that if we are to do something it has to be now or it won't be ever and we ourselves uh, you know thought that you know if 10 or 15 years hence obviously we wouldn't have the energy and if we will look back we will regret that we actually never did anything to live our dreams so that was way more uh, scary than you know fear of failure at least we wanted to try for sure yeah i think that that's the right one regret people then start regretting at a later stage of for having not tried at all so it's better to try rather than not try <laughs> that's right so what is revery all about uh, if you could tell us a bit in detail what do you guys do um so we work on language technologies um uh, you know uh, uh, that is we are creating technologies so that people can use you know languages other than english or uh, rather their native languages on the digital medium so today when uh, we are looking at the computer computer is the digital medium uh we actually tend to think internet we really don't think that you know without the internet we are likely to still be using a digital device but you know before the internet i mean computers have existed since the 1950s when they they got invented but internet was uh, you know is it's the 1990s thing right from there on it started off uh but the use of our languages on the digital uh, medium is still struggling when we are coming on to the internet we really you know think that you know everything that we can do is only in english but the fact is in our country people who are comfortable and you know are can easily use english are very few right you know about 6 or 7% people can use english right uh, in fact you know less than 5% people will be able to manage with english only and no other language so uh, whereas our literacy itself is like 70 plus percent so all of these people who have uh, you know who know who can read and write in their language and they speak that their language every day they can understand in it they read newspapers and um, you know story books and everything they have got no access to knowledge because the internet and the digital medium it has been english only so our objective was you know we should try to bridge this gap make uh, you know uh, the digital medium more accessible in you know local indian languages right so who whom do you cater to which means so who are your clients so whom do you do this translation or language uh, technology where does it apply uh, okay so uh, um Uh, i before i go to that one i'll have to uh, you know give you a little bit of a background to our company mm. so we started in the year 2009 mm. i think uh, you know uh, you know uh, 
many of the children here may be either too young, some of them may not have been born or, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Reverie Language Technologies, we started in 2009. And around that time, the the smartphones that you see today uh, through which you are attending online classes and able to access internet, etc., you know, they didn't exist. Uh, what existed were mostly the, uh, the feature phones, uh, you know, the small phones. And they did not even have, you know, we in our country didn't even have very good 2G connectivity. That means most of the phones could not even connect very well onto the internet. And most households did not have a computer with them. So, uh, so those were the time. And when we wanted to talk to businesses and other online facilitations, um, online services, if they should start thinking local languages, languages other than English, then we were actually laughed at. We were laughed at saying that, you know, uh, people don't have access and they don't even have devices on which they can even see or read local languages. So um, we went back and started solving the device problem first. You know, the very first smartphones that had Indian languages, uh, you know, uh, the, the ability to display the text in Indian languages and to be able to type in Indian languages, you know, that was facilitated by us. So that was uh, in the year 2011. So okay. the first Android phones uh, with uh, Indian language support came in. And from there on, we have been supporting several technologies to make businesses you know, in local languages. For example, let's say if you were to go onto an e-commerce website and search for juta or kameez in Hindi, let's mm -hmm. say, or maybe whatever else, um, in, in a local language, you will be able to do that. You yeah. can, yeah. So, uh, and a lot of government services are currently using us. Today, we have almost every phone, every model that is now able to uh, display and, uh, you know, and help with typing in your language. Mm -hmm. you know, so uh, our pioneering work brought in that revolution in our country. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. But over a period of time, have copycats emerged in the market? Many. And that is very natural. Yeah. It should have happened. In fact, I'll tell you a very interesting story. Like I said, when we uh, started and we wanted to pitch to different businesses if they should consider, you know, local language services, they laughed at us. And we went to uh, the device manufacturers saying that you should consider adding Indian languages because, you know, India is a large country. So mm -hmm. then they also laughed at us, but they, you know, we, we somehow were able to convince the, our first customer and we were able to uh, you know, create a, you know, uh, create phones that were having Indian language support on the on Qualcomm's uh, uh, you know uh, reference design uh, chipsets. Now, when that happened, then a few models uh, you know that were Indian brands they launched their phones with multiple different Indian languages supported on on them. Until that time, you have to you have to think that you know everybody used to laugh at this uh, idea, saying that you know in India, the non-English buyers do not have the money with them, so there is no commercial value or business in mm. non-English. So India is an English market or or nothing. Whereas when those phones were launched in India, you know one one such model was Micromax Unite Two, which became very very popular. They were advertised 
on the back of the support of 22 official Indian languages. Mm-hmm. When that happened, those models became the highest selling models in those years. And when that happened, it changed people's uh, you know thinking that you know the Indian consumer actually looks for you know their native languages. And mm-hmm. then then that followed, and then you know all the major models also started supporting Indian languages. You know, com- competition you know obviously started coming up, but you know for for about four to five years from the time that we started, we were the only ones who were offering. And after that, you know, Google and others have also started offering local languages on their uh, operating system. Okay. So Vivek, if not entrepreneurship, would you have been continuing your job till now? What do you think? <laughs> Connecting the dots backward. Okay, I actually do not. Uh, uh, I do not have that kind of a preference. I have respect for all kinds of professions, but I'll still share a little thought that I had when I was a child, uh, like uh, m- most of the listeners today. I used to think that nokri nahi karni hai. Matlab, hmm. I don't want to join a service because I don't want to become a servant. Hmm. Um, I think that was a childish arrogance that I had hmm. because after having been on both sides, that is after having done jobs and then after being an entrepreneur and have having employed many people, mm-hmm. I realize that it is the work that we are doing that is the most important thing. There is no such thing as, you know, being in service or being an entrepreneur. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing, um, uh, first place where I actually wanted to uh, work and retire was CDAC, where I learned the language technologies, because it offered me a great place, great freedom. And I wanted to do a lot of things for, for our country. But mm-hmm. it just so happened that, you know, uh, you know uh, I moved on from there. Uh, but that old thought was always there. I, I still wanted to be um, an entrepreneur always. So that is what I did. In fact, there is a very interesting story I'll tell you. In mm-hmm. 2007, I mentioned that in 2007, I and Arvind, we decided to go for entrepreneurship and and we started Reverie. It was not Reverie Language Technologies. We had a different company called Reverie Technologies. Mm-hmm. Our first idea was to work on uh, mobile commerce. So today we see you know, a lot of payments that we do from our mobile phones. Mm-hmm. But it was those days when such phones did not exist. And we were still interested to do mobile commerce and mobile payments. Mm-hmm. So it was way ahead of its time, and we gathered three other, uh, you know, uh, co-founders mm-hmm. in 2007. But in 2008, that is one year later, when we had burnt all our money and done a lot of hard work to create our product, and we were pitching it to different customers to try and sell, the world went into a global recession. You know, most mm-hmm. children here may not understand what is recession, but you know. A global recession is like a, uh, a financial doom state, right? Today we have a, a coronavirus creating a doom state for all of us. We have, we have a gloomy period. The same way it was an economic gloom. Uh, and because of which, you know, none of the commercial decisions were taken by any company. So all the companies who had agreed to buy our products, they refused and we could not do any business. Mm-hmm. That is how, you know, in 2009, all the other co-founders, they decided to end that company. Mm-hmm. But I and Arvind, in spite that, you know, by that time we had become completely broke, 
we still did not want to go back to jobs <laughs> and that is how we started every language technology brilliant so never never say die attitude never <laughs> <give> up <laughs> right you could say that there are a lot of uh, talks about accidental entrepreneurship versus planned entrepreneurship you know people suddenly getting ideas sitting in a bus that you know they have to improvise the transportation system or something like that you know or selling books they think of doing an e-commerce business and so on but in your case it seems to be a planned entrepreneurship journey um, now taking this uh, forward now there are so many colleges which are now having incubation cells apart from this there are a lot of external incubators accelerators which help startups you know do do better uh, in their entrepreneurial journey so what do you think uh, vivek according to you does that make an impact or it's all individual based it is an individual based i would like i told you that ours is not a planned or an accidental i would say that hybrid because uh, the the fact that i wanted to be an entrepreneur was planned but entrepreneurship when you are saying that what is it that you really pick to be able to do as your business is something that you have to choose right and that is an accidental thing in most cases i would say that that is original uh, uh, thinking whereas for example if i wanted to just uh, you know open up a shop a grocery shop mm. i will still be an entrepreneur but mm. it it may not be accidental it would be uh, you know, you know, there are so many such shops i will have to just replicate one of those right but you know picking up the right kind of idea is very important and that is where an entrepreneur's uh, uh, i would say passion and skill both comes into play mm-hmm. that you have to be able to identify a problem that you think will need addressing and you will think that you will feel enough passion that you want to address that you want to solve it and it has to have uh, probably you know a large impact potential so that is what will give you the greatest satisfaction when you are chasing that to solve okay so despite all these incubators and accelerators i think the person himself should be passionate about reading finding out a problem area and being passionate about chasing it Right. absolutely i think the incubators are like soil you know they prepare the soil which should be fertile enough that is creating an environment in which the plant can grow but the plant which has to grow has to grow all by itself hmm. right right so how should children plan for entrepreneurship because this magazine is going to be read by children and uh, it's being written by children so in case uh, somebody thinks you know uh, i want to be an entrepreneur when i grow up what are those 10 things that they should start doing from right now uh okay um maybe a little unconventional answer the mm-hmm. first thing you have to have in your mind is that an entrepreneur is the one who is capable of identifying a problem that they would like to solve they have to have the passion that you know you know, you, you you want to really you are the one who would want to own the problem up to solve it now when that is your attitude you are an entrepreneur whether you actually joined a job or did that by yourself that is immaterial when you think that a problem that you want to solve has to be done only by yourself then that is an that is 
that is, I would say, you know, don't take me wrong, but that would become an egoist way of thinking where you think that only you can do. Whereas a true entrepreneur actually has only the end goal focus that this is the problem which I want to try and solve, whether I do it or I get it done. That is my only, uh, you know, uh, uh, objective. So as little children, you, you know, what you should do is do not start thinking that, you know, this should be a career or that should be a career or this is a trend or that is a trend. Don't start thinking like that at all. Give your mind enough freedom and give yourself uh, a lot of, uh, I would say, give your own minds a lot of importance that, you know, whatever interests you, just go after it. If you have, if you do that, you will automatically generate enough courage and passion to follow what, uh, what, what really interests you. When you start chasing that, you know, that becomes your entrepreneurial journey. If you do not get to solve that in a different organization, in an existing organization, you will create one of your own. If you do get one, probably you will join there and do that. In either case, if you have followed that, it is your entrepreneurial journey. Awesome. Awesome tips. Sure. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for this. Uh, thank you, children. I enjoyed speaking to you all. Uh, thank you very much. Have a good day ahead. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.